Welcome to the Rise to Change podcast. I'm your host, Daniela Escani. And I'm your host, Marcela Torres Noguera. We are mental health professionals with a private practice in New York City. And guess what? We're not only partners in business, but also in life. This podcast explores the everyday struggles of working professionals uh, that we've seen through our combined 25 years of practice, as well as uh, in our personal lives. Our motto is to normalize and not minimize. On today's episode, we are talking about career transitions. We want to talk about how do we know when it's time to maybe make a change if we're feeling unfulfilled or maybe we're not feeling as passionate about what we do. We have today with us Ms. Lindberger. She is a National Certified Counselor, Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and Certified Career Counselor. So we have a real expert today that has been working with professionals for a long time, and she's going to help us just get a better understanding about some of these issues that many professionals go through and some ideas about what we can do when we're starting to feel like we might need a change. When we're stuck. Yes. yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, welcome, uh, Ms. Berger. Uh, would you, is it okay, Ms. Berger or Lynn? What do you Lynn's pronounce? great. Lynn, okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for doing this. The reason why we are requesting an expert to be here, because uh, uh, we told you before the recording that uh, Marcella and I have a private practice, we work with a lot of professionals. We uh, consider ourselves uh, blessed because we have a very diverse group of clients who come in. Lots of them, I always say, they come in, they live in New York City uh, specifically for basically two reasons. They're either pursuing an education or they're pursuing a career or business. Generally speaking, not, not, not a lot of people tell us that they're here to meet their perfect uh, soulmates. <laughs> right, so those people struggle a lot uh, when they get to a point where they don't feel fulfilled, whether it's the education or career. Um, we have a few questions here that we, we we're going to ask you because that's part of what we do every day. Sure. So, I mean, I, I was thinking it would be good to begin with just understanding some of the basics, right? Sometimes in our practice, we get a lot of like, you know, how do I know if this is what's going on with me? That kind of thing. So. I was thinking that maybe if you can share with us, Lynn, you know, how can people know what does it feel like or what does it look like when somebody is not fulfilled or they're not feeling kind of like as passionate as they were at their jobs? What does that look like? So people can kind of like, okay, maybe this is what's happening with me. Can you say a little bit about that? What do you see with the people that you are coaching, the professionals. Oh, yes, of course. And thank you so much for having me. It's a wonderful pleasure to meet both of you. I think um, it's more than the Sunday blues. It's a feeling that you have that over time you're feeling lethargic. There's very little to look forward to on a daily basis. It's like Instead of being satisfied 80% of the time, it might be 20% of the time. Mm -hmm. it, it can, and it can happen pretty quickly. Um, I think that people just kind of get themselves in a rut. And unfortunately, sometimes it gets to the point that it affects them physically. Mm -hmm. And as you know, their mental health um, erodes. Mm -hmm. And it's a gradual um, process for some. And if people can catch it early, I work with them, I, and also I work with people that get to the point of their feeling 
you know, very unfulfilled. But to get to the point initially of, you know, what's going on in your day? What is it that you're doing that you like? And if you're finding that most of your day, that's not happening, Mm -hmm. it might be time to think about something else. And one of the biggest things that I think people need to understand is that when you go to work, you have a job. It's your role. Yet you do it in a certain environment. Mm -hmm. And people get confused. Maybe it's the environment that's not working and it isn't necessarily the role or it could be both. Yeah. And I really try to help people understand is it the role? Is it the environment? Is it both? And as we know, these last two years have been extremely challenging to really examine is it what you're doing or how you're doing it or where you're doing it? Yes. Yes, that's an excellent. I mean, we do see a lot of professionals that right now are struggling maybe to go back to the office, some of them, or some of them are struggling with the idea about not being able to stay home if they if that's something that they felt like they really kind of like thrive, you know, working from home and not, not wanting to go back to an office. So that's definitely something that we are seeing right well, now. And, uh, you bring up a very good point. And, and uh, for example, in the past two years, people have been working from home. So I, I think how easy it is to target what's wrong with with the sense of unfulfillment because lots of people feel like, well, I have the perfect job, right? I work from home. I don't have to dress up to go to work. I get paid a decent salary. This is great. Yet, I just don't feel that things are, are right. I, I, I feel depressed. I feel sad. Normally, in what we, with the clients that you do, with the, the people that you interact with, is it somewhat of an easy process? What can people, how does it work with the clients that, you know, how do you help them with that, in other words? Sure. I'd like to um, address the first point that you raised about through our experiences the last couple of years, the environment question. Someone might think they are happy at home. Yeah. And then they start going in a day or two and they realize, you know, this feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's unexpected. And I've seen that happen. And I've seen that happen with myself also. Mm-hmm. You know, the couple of days, few days I'm in the office, you know, it, it's a different experience. So I think that after these two years, it might be something to kind of tease out. Mm-hmm. Or it might be the other. You, you never want to walk into the office. And if you don't have to, then you don't. So that's like a separate, like current issue I'm seeing people are experiencing. The other is if you're realizing the role is not appropriate. There are certain things that you need to really reflect upon to understand why the role is not appropriate. And the framework that I use is first, you want to make sure the work does include something you're interested in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a long day. You want to make sure there's some sort of sustained interest. I mean, everything is not going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that 80-20 rule, I like to, you know, work with that. Okay. Because nothing is perfect. Yeah. And, you know, if you're looking for perfect, you'll pretty much, you know, that's a hard <laughs> one to find well, all that. Well, that's, and that's exactly uh, some of our clients are, are, you know, very disciplined, high achievers, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. have uh, 
different backgrounds, but uh, they're very motivated. And and I think there's nothing worse if if you are a very disciplined person, someone who's achieved a lot, to all of a sudden feel unfulfilled. But one of, one of the things that I also see a lot is people not maybe being able to make the difference between this is the career and this is my personal life coming up because they're not realizing that they're on the cusp. Let's say they're living their 20s and entering their 30s or 40s in, 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 in my case. but and, and I think, do you see that sometimes where it's not necessarily the fact that it's the job is, um, you know, well, maybe it's it has to do with the fact that the person is just changing, entering a different phase of their lives. Yes, yes. It's career and life planning. That's okay. how I work with my clients. And, yeah, you know, us. you see people like, you know, 29, you know, in your 30s, your values change. Okay. And then in your 40s, your values change. 50s, 60s, and people are working in their 80s now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things, your priorities change. So getting back to that framework, I work with clients to help them, A, make sure there is an interest in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Secondly, especially with high-achievement-oriented individuals, um, I like to work with clients to help them uncover their motivated skills. That's a difference between a skill. There's a difference between a skill and a motivated skill. A skill is something you do well, Mm -hmm. but a motivated skill is something you do well and you like. Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting at work all day, I mean, you would might have been great in math, but do I really want to sit there with numbers all day? Mm-hmm. You know, so Absolutely. maybe I want to use that analytic work in a different way. So you want to make sure there's an interest there. There's a motivated skill. It's in line with your personality style and temperament. And then what you just said are your values. Your values and your priorities change over time. And you want to make sure that your work is including your values. So let's say in your 20s, you have a different set of priorities than you might in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. And if work isn't working in the way to, you know, give you those priorities, they could be from, you know, financial, they could be from power, they can be from working with other people, they can be helping others. If it's not working, it's you're going to feel it. And for many people, it's the values piece mm-hmm. that's not working. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened over the last couple of years is people have really seen what's important to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, we were all so busy. I mean, like who had time, especially in New York, I mean, you're just running, running, running. So when you're forced to sit still, you begin to see and like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. what am I doing? Am I doing? really doing yeah, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think that people are getting very tripped up by that now. It's very confusing because you don't even really know. Mm-hmm. That's you know, a good yeah. point. That's yeah. a good point. I, I like the whole thing about the the skill, the motivation, something that you, I mean, that's, that's you know, it, it's the difference between doing something and being passionate about and just doing something and, yeah, okay, it's a... Something you could yeah. do it, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, and we're trained, and, and a lot of people are trained to gravitate towards what they're good at. Mm-hmm. But the question is not um, necessarily, do you like? Yeah, yeah, 
I was thinking when you when you, you were talking, Lynn, about something else that sometimes comes up and is that, you know, when people decide what they're going to study, right? Like for their career, mm-hmm. uh, during their career, like to start their their mm-hmm. career path, um, they are pretty young, right? right, right. A- and, you know, we do work with clients that sometimes get to their 30s, 40s, and they're kind of like, you know, I, I'm successful or, you know, in, in paper, I am successful. I have a good job. I have a good salary, good benefits. But somehow I don't feel really a drive. What is this about? Is it that I chose the wrong path or like, yeah. is this not, I, I mean, because then, you know, as we start to maybe dig a little more, they they may come to a place where, you know, maybe a lot of those decisions were around kind of like what my parents expected yeah. or, you know, that my friend was going to the same college or something like Cultural that. Cultural so ex- expectations. Background yes. Influences. yes. Cultural yeah. expectations is huge. It's huge, yeah. Um, so, I mean, can you say a little about that? I think it's normal that, you know, sometimes we make certain decisions, but sometimes people have a really hard time kind of like figuring out, okay, was that a bad decision or kind of like how do I get out of that or, or what? What can I do to consider or think about, do I need a career change? Like, yeah. what does that... Right, right. No, you bring up excellent points. I think it's somewhat normal to question, you know, uh, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And for many people, it it could be something very subtle. And for some people, it's more extreme. Um, you know, like going back a, f- a few years, I've had many people um, that were so upset with having to go into the office five days a week, you know, especially if they had a family or they had um, parent responsibility for family members, their parents. All they dreamed of was to ask for a Friday off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they wouldn't get it. Now, now everything now everything's <laughs> off. I mean, during the pandemic, right, right, everything right, right. was off. But the point is like that, and I would maybe work with them to let them see they're a very productive individual. This is really important. This is going to make a very big difference. And that they got that and it changed. Yeah. So that would be like an environmental change. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's it's the the job isn't working for you anymore. Yeah. I mean, you change. Um Technology changes are the demands we have. And, um, you know, you got to examine and step back and say, what's the missing piece here? And for some people, you know, they've chosen going to school in a certain um, career field. And, you know, it, it, it was good, but it's not really where I want to spend my life. And now there's so many options with certification classes on top of education. You don't necessarily have to go back for another full degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's ways to work with it and, um, you know, to allow people to, to understand that they can make things better. Mm-hmm. It might not be better tomorrow. I mean, I've been doing this work a long time. Sometimes I get a call years later that they made some change. But I try to help my clients understand where the gaps are and what we can do to kind of make that better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, strength builds on strength. So if you start to feel better, you know. Yeah, it kind of like trickles yes, down. Yes, yes. Um, something else that I that I have seen or there's a difference, and we, we were talking about that, but in certain cultures, or even, you know, right. cultures meaning right, right. other cultures right. or, or in family right. cultures, 
um, the idea about changing jobs, for example, can be, you know, kind of like... Uh, frowned it, upon. Frowned upon, yeah. yes. Um, I'm Hispanic, and in our culture in general, there's kind of like virtue to the idea of staying in a company for a very long time. It doesn't matter, like as long as you have kind of like a steady income, you have good benefits, <laughs> as as like that's breathe. great. Yeah. Also, newer generations have a different idea about what those changes, like, you know, you see young people kind of like changing jobs pretty easily. So, you know, we do see different kinds of clients, but I wanted you to speak to, you know, some of those um, kind of like ideas or beliefs that a lot of our clients may come with that could, you know, keep them stuck there somehow. Like, how do you work with that? Right, right. I, I refer to it as background influences. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's your day, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and it's a question of if you realize it's not right for you, but you felt a tremendous amount of parental cultural influence, you know, you have to find that balance, okay? And when you begin to understand, the individual begins to understand why they need to change or do that, how they communicate it to the people they were so, you know, frightened or fearful or, you know, it, it doesn't always go that poorly, you know, when it's really thought out. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, if you, if it's seen as well, I did this for 20 years and I'm going to do something different and I'm going to, you know, but if, if you can help yourself understand why you're doing it mm -hmm. and feel more confident, the way in which you express it to other people is clearer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this is a perfect segue because what we see a lot, first of all, I, uh, back when I was 29, I burned out. I, it was the first time after I got my master's, the first, the first, um, important job in my life. I, I did it. I loved it. I gave 110%, but I burned out. I can say, speak, uh, say the same about Marcel at some point in a, in a different, uh, in a position that she had. When we speak to our clients, we emphasize that, hey, it's a bad thing because it comes with you feeling uncomfortable on so many levels. However, it, it's also an opportunity for you to maybe change, you know, the, the course of, uh, you know, direction. Do you see a lot of people in what you do, um, coming to you because they burned out? And, and if you do, how do you address it? How do you help them like, you know, continue their, their journey or shift the direction? Sorry, I just wanted to add to that, that I guess there might be burnout, but that doesn't necessarily mean, going back to what you were saying before, it doesn't necessarily mean that this career is no longer for me kind of thing. But when you're burned out, that, that might be how you feel, right? right? When I say change the direction, also um, in what we do is also change the boundaries, because maybe the person has to set new boundaries in their job. But please go ahead. Right. I was thinking exactly the same. Change the way you do it. Yeah. You know, you were, and I, I don't know this, but I would maybe imagine that you wanted to do the best job you possibly could. And you put 150% into everything. And, yeah. you know, at certain points in our life, it's easier to do that. You know, when you think about if you're um, going to college and you're fortunate and you don't have to have many 
other jobs to support yourself through college. You have the luxury of sitting in the library for 12 hours. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, okay, right? (laughs) I mean, and it's your decision. Do you want to leave the library to go hang out with your friends? I mean, that might be your only distraction. So then you go out into the world of work, and let's say you're developing a life in another city, or you have a new relationship, or you're having a child, whatever it is, your, you know, your day is not as much about that. You have, you have to learn how to kind of move from activity to activity. Yeah. Not that you're not giving 100% to your job. And that's hard for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially if you've been that driven individual mm-hmm. that that was the way you like to work and you had the luxury to do it. Yeah. So it sounds, you know, kind of trite, but you can't really have it all in that way. You can have it all, but you can't do it the same way you did it before. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. Yep. You know, so I think helping people understand that. That's why, you know, it can be really hard to go into the world when you've accustomed to giving 100% to one thing. And what we see, again, this is for those individuals who are very disciplined, very mm-hmm. uh, motivated to succeed, is that then the expectation that that person has is, I am excellent at what I do, and I want to mirror that in my personal life. They want to do exactly that. And, and oftentimes that creates a lot of tension and lots of issues because the, the time has changed. The person now is in a different age group. The relationship is in a different point. Maybe they've been dating, they were dating before, and now they're moving to uh, to another stage. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you do? <laughs> well, you know, I think whether you like this word or not, I mean, there needs to be some sort of understanding and balance and helping the client. What are their values? Like mm-hmm. to understand the shifting values mm-hmm. and then like look at it like you have um, $100 and where do you want to spend it now? Do you want to spend it on relationship family? Do you want to spend it on your career? Do you want to spend it on community activities? Do you want to spend it on your health? Yeah. Where Where is this? You can't, you can't, there's a, an array of things in your life and you have to put your $100 towards what you value more. So maybe 10 here, 20 here, 25 here. And sometimes it lets people visualize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you could do it with hours in a day. It's just depending upon who you're working with and yeah. how they think. But I think it's helping people understand that it's uh, it might be a pie and there's different pieces now. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. That's a, a, a excellent, excellent point. Are there generational differences in, in what you do? Do you see Generation Z and Generation, uh, how are they, when they come to you for, for coaching, do you see someone in their 50s, for example, versus someone who in their mid-25s? Do you see necessarily a pattern there, or do you see that everybody just simply unfulfilled? Well, you know, it's one thing I have seen is, I mean, I've seen 30-year-olds or 25-year-olds that say, oh, I feel so old. And then you see a 55-year-old. <laughs> and they don't, you know, it, age is a state of mind. Yet, um, you know, at different points in people's lives, they have other, you know, things come up that distract them in different ways. Mm-hmm. So if someone's in their 20s and 30s and, you know, the strain of paying off the 
the student loans is they're in their 50s, maybe they have other concerns that yeah. are going on. So, you know, each person is really unique and you have to look at their whole, and you know that, like you look at the whole picture. Yeah. But there's going to be certain things that are going to come up for someone in the workplace, 50s or 60s, you know, there might be more, you know, pressure on them um, mentoring and coaching others rather than what's going to be with their future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just one last thing I I wanted to ask you. I mean, a lot of professionals that we're working with are starting to maybe explore other options But right now, the way things are, like people go through a lot of interviews and there's no, it, it, they're kind of like very long processes and then there's no feedback whatsoever. And people tend to kind of like think, is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. You know, Great maybe, point. you know, I'm not a good enough professional. Yeah. Like how, I mean, are you seeing that as well? And what do you... I mean, what do you usually share with your clients that might be helpful for those out there that are already kind of like going through career transitions right now? Well, unfortunately, that has been going on for decades. You know, a recruiter might be interviewing you, a hiring manager, and then, you know, it's not their top priority. And then they move on to something else and they might not be hiring you. Yeah. And, you know, the follow-up is usually not that great. Yeah. And... um you see it affects people's, how they feel about themselves. And it's really mostly a, more of a reflection of the the place they interviewed and the pace they're at and they moved on to something else and you invested so much time and energy into that. So I think it's helping people understand that this is this is what happens. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it's not a good, you know, we could spend a half hour philosophically, you know, having a philosophical <laughs> yeah. discussion on that. And, and that's been there forever. That hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. One last thing, I want to be respectful yeah. of your time. Thank and you. uh, and um, one last question that I have, what would you say to someone who has decided that they're going to pursue, they want to pursue something else, but they see Um, you know, they they are they dread starting uh, applying for a master's or applying for a different degree because it's so different than what they were doing before, and they see the financial limitations and all of that. Would you? Is there something that you would say to that person? Because we get a lot of uh, a lot of them, especially now that they call it the great resignation. People are just say, "I've had enough." Whether I decide to start my own startup or my own business or pursue another career, I want to do something, but. I see certain limitations. Is there something that you would say to that person? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, you have to create some sort of tryout time, whether it's doing a lot of research, speaking to people in a field. And today with most things, you, you don't have to jump to the masters. There might be a certification that you could take a first class. You don't even have to apply for this whole certification to see if you like it. Mm -hmm. You could go on YouTube and start Excellent. a class, yeah. you know, LinkedIn learning. I mean, there's so much out there that you need to create that bridge so that you feel more confident and you really understand what it's all about. And there are a lot of resources out there that I share with my clients to help them understand a field, also help them understand how to ask the right questions of people that Excellent. are currently yep. in the field. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that there is so much learning out there. Yeah. 
And even if you, before you do the master's, you could also take the introduction class as a non-degree student at most universities, Mm -hmm. see if you like it. And if you don't like it, then you don't pursue the master's. And then if you do like it and you're applying for the degree, you know, hopefully they'll give you the credits. You don't, you know, that's a very important thing that people need to understand. Well, thank you so much. This was precious. This uh, goes a long way because a lot of people, a lot of our clients, they get to the point that they think in extremes. And we often try to bring it down to exactly what you said. So what you said, it's you don't have to necessarily start and and go all the way, but first, you know, start from scratch. Yeah, start from scratch. I mean, at least (laughs) at least start with something that doesn't break the bank, right? That's important. Lynn, how do people? um, How can people get in touch with you? How do they find you? Your services? Tell us about that. Okay, thank you. Um, The best um, place is my website. Lindberger.com, L-Y-N-N-B-E-R-G-E-R.com. And um, all the information about me, my background, things I've done. So that is probably the best place. And if that's not working for you, go on Google and put my name in and there'll be other directories and resources and places I'm connected to. That's great. And you work you work virtually and in person yes, right now. Yes, so you work yes. also with like international clients yes, yes, if necessary. Yes, like. yes, yes. So um yes. Now I'm back in the office a couple of days, but you know, I'm also virtual the mm-hmm. other days. Outstanding, outstanding. Thank you so much, Lynn. Oh, thank you for your time. This has been another episode of the Rise to Change podcast. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit our website or find us on social media, which are linked in the description below, along with any resources we mentioned in this episode. Thank you for listening. And remember to always Always be be kind kind to to yourself. yourself.